0: Steven Brooks of 24-7 Sports is back to grace us with his presence. He's going to let us know what he saw from Saturday's game. Also, the Mondays with Mel press conference and everything in between. Let's have ourselves a show. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am surrounded by my favorite people of all time. Yes, I'm talking about the listeners of Lockdown Spartans, the viewers of Lockdown Spartans, but also Steven Brooks of 24-7 Sports. I'm going to let this dapper gentleman talk in just one second, but first got to do the housekeeping of asking you politely, hey, Rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. Yes, this is Locked on Spartans. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and we do this five days a week, no matter how bad the season's going or how good the basketball season is about to get. That's right. You know where to find us five days a week. Also, if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. And without further ado, further of do, do you know what? No, I'm just going to lean into that. Of further of do, Stephen Brooks, 24-7 Sports, how on earth are you doing, my good friend?
1: I can't complain, man. Uh, you know, we got some warm weather today. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, one for maybe one. get some right. yard work done. Um, yeah, no, things are good. Uh, solid weekend. Uh, one big on some NFL bets, actually. So, uh, oh, yeah, no, things are going all right over here.
0: Do you want to talk the next thirty minutes about NFL betting, or should we talk about Michigan State sports? I, I guess we should. You know, feed. feed uh, the I, I don't want to give
1: it too much oxygen. I even probably shouldn't have even said anything because, like, it's as you know, it's insanely hard to win on the NFL, and I've oh, been it's doing impossible. like. I don't have the numbers, but like I am, I'm well yeah. above 500. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm hitting at a pretty good rate right now. Yeah, it's and I'm losing at a at an alarming rate in college. Um, so doesn't make any sense at all. I don't really know what I've got going on. I mean, here here's your free tip: bet underdogs, folks. Just okay. take points in the NFL. Take as many points as you can. Um, that's really been working for me for the most part. But yeah, uh, other than that, you know, now I'm probably gonna go like 0 for six next week, and and we'll be back to yeah. normal there.
0: No, I hear you, because like every Friday we do the uh, five best bets on this show, and we're actually like we're, we're nearing 60% right now, which nice. is a PSA for everyone. Keep listening to Locked On Spartans, the Friday episode, five best bets. Start fading those, because there's no way that's going to continue the rest of the season. So the most financial responsible advice I can give you, uh, third segment of Friday shows, start fading those picks uh, pretty soon here. Uh, Steven, you came out of the Mondays with Mel press conference, and I just want to highlight you know, two of the most important things here, the the two maybe only takeaways. Uh, He talked about Jaden Mangum, obviously the freshman safety that left the field uh, carted away on the backboard, said, quote, he's progressing nicely and said that his injuries are not career threatening. And also uh, he spoke about Xavier Henderson and Jacob Slade and said he is closer to returning. Both of these guys are closer to returning, but quote, this is going to shock you all. They'll be ready when they are ready. Other than that, um, look, Tucker said that he's not frustrated. Uh, he's holding guys accountable behind closed doors. He has no emotions over playing his alma mater, Wisconsin, this weekend. Did, did I miss anything really, you know, ear-perking during this press conference? Or is it just, you know, kind of, I don't want to say robotic, more of the same, but, you know, was it just robotic, more of the same?
1: Yeah, no, you covered most of it. Um you know, uh he uh on, on those things that you said, you know, Xavier Henderson and, and Jacob Slade, both of them dressed on Saturday, um, but neither actually got mm-hmm. in the game. And I had heard that Xavier Henderson wasn't gonna play uh in that game. So weeks ago, I, I should actually start there. A couple weeks ago, I heard Ohio State was the original target date for him to return, or at least you know, so it was sort of the general idea, like hopefully we can get him back by then. Um that was several weeks ago. I checked again uh Saturday, I was like, Hey, is is this the day? And uh, got a no back. So then he runs out in uniform, full uniform. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Um and then but then sure enough, you know, he doesn't even do full team uh defensive stuff. You know, he did a little bit of individual in their warm-ups and everything, but when they went full eleven on eleven, as they do a couple of snaps here and there, uh he didn't do any of that. And then like by like the second quarter he didn't even have his helmet on and stuff. Like it was very clear he wasn't playing. Uh Jacob Slade warmed up and was doing like third team stuff. Um and, you know and just wasn't as gotcha. involved either. So he did not get in there and didn't didn't make a, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't get in there, you know, didn't have an impact on this one. So I think uh, both seem to be close. I mean, that's an indication, I guess though, you know, for me, if uh, if you knew neither guy was going to play um, and at least with X, I don't think that was ever going to be in the cards. Maybe Slade was more of like a give it a go and see. I don't yeah. know that, but like, if you knew neither was going to play, why would you even put them in war- in uniform? Because you're just signaling that they are close. Right. And so now Wisconsin's sure. going to be, you know, they're going to have their ears perked up and say, Oh, is that guy going to be back this week? Is that other guy going to be back this week? You know, first for a program that, you know, the, the coach won't even tell you what he had for lunch today. Like right. to, to give you that sort of uh, <laughs> tip, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, um, you know, maybe I'm improving security here and then we'll never see that again or something. But that was kind of odd. Uh, yeah, you know, I think the a couple of the quotes, I think that, that you touched on, you know, stand out. Uh, he said, you know, I'm never going to throw a player or coach under the bus publicly. Mm-hmm. But behind closed doors, you know, I'll chew there, you know, you know what, you know, and and we'll do what has to be done. So I have no doubt that that's happening and has been happening. You know, I mean, that's um, when you see Tucker on the sideline, you know, I mean, that's who he is. You see him in clips of video uh, practices and whatnot. I mean, he's not uh, the same guy that he is up at the podium. I'll just say that. So I have no doubt that's been happening. You talked about, yeah, I asked him about, you know, playing Wisconsin and, you know, is there any memories or sentimentality there? And he was like, No, you know, got a job to do here. There's not. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, maybe that's something, you know, in the off season over over dinner or beer or something, you know, you would talk about, but uh sure. yeah, obviously not really, you know, what on his mind right now, and he doesn't doesn't really lean into that type of stuff. Uh the other thing is, you know, he was asked about the crowd, and you know, you were there. Uh we yep. got to link up real quick before the game, that was fun. Yeah. Uh saw you down there with the big wigs on the sideline and everything, and that You know me, cool that's see. right that's exactly. right yeah only the high the donors Stephen.
0: that's right the high donors that's right my $10 mm-hmm. 50 50 ticket purchase every week yeah uh, it gets me <laughs> right with right. those people that's right
1: <laughs> but but you know i think you were there uh, pretty deep into the game and you saw you know how the where, yeah. where, where 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 the crowd ended up in the fourth quarter and everything and ohio state uh obviously represented themselves well with the fan base and, and they, they hung around and it was it was pretty red in there by the end he, so mel was asked about that and he was like look uh I don't expect unconditional support from, from almost anybody in my life. He's like, you know, maybe yeah. I can count it on one hand. And of course, you know, he's talking about like his closest family and friends and all that. Sure. You know, other than that, uh, he said though, he's like, he's like, I have no right to expect, you know, just endless unconditional support or love from, from anybody. He's like, And he made a joke about it. even his dogs, you know, he comes home from a game like that they look at him funny. So, <laughs> uh, you know, he was kind of like, what do you want me to do? You know, I mean, he's not like he's going to go kidnap people and, you know, handcuff him to the bleachers over there or something. I mean, maybe it's not a bad maybe idea it gets to that point. I don't know. But he was just, he just kind of threw his hands up. It was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I want people there. I, I hope that we have their support, but it is, you know, he acknowledged it is on, it is on them to put a product out there. That's worthy of support. And that's worthy of staying out there for four quarters in potentially uncomfortable weather, or, you know, spending, yeah. you're sacrificing your entire Saturday, spending what it costs to do these type of things. And, and have that whole day uh, taken up by that, you know? So I think that's interesting because people I, – I know that the crowd has been a, a topic of discussion lately, uh, fan support, you know, and, and then, you know, the the pictures came out and everything, and it just uh, – yeah. it was pretty predictable, you know, honestly. I mean, people cleared out. Uh, there wasn't much else to see there, and the Ohio State fans were basically all that was left, for the most part. hundred um, percent,
0: yeah. Yeah, you know,
1: So and that was look, something that he said today versus – previously, it's always been like, we got to pack the stadium. we got to do you – know, got to be out there. It was a little softer today in terms of just, like, what do you want me to do? You know, like, I want them there. But I can't make them be there. And we're going to try our best to make it an enticing product to get people there was, was the gist of it all.
0: Yeah. And I, I swear I'm not, like, doing a state media thing right now. I'm not, like, going full North Korean propaganda right now. But, like, I, I actually – the stadium was a lot more packed than I thought it would be. Especially, like, you know, to start the game. I think there was a lot of Sorry. Sorry.
1: At its peak, you mean, like at the beginning? Yeah, of the yeah.
0: Like middle first quarter, everyone's in their seats. There's only a few pockets of empty seats, like in the upper mm-hmm. deck. And yeah, yeah, sure, okay. By the end of the game, all the Ohio State fans are there because what is there to stick around for if you're an MSU fan? I mean, you're watching your team get absolutely, you know, bludgeoned again. But when the games start, like it was a full stadium. And I think a good contention that was Michigan State. But yeah, however, when the second half rolls around and it's 35 to 13. And for once again, it's the fourth straight week in a row. We're looking at a double digit loss in the barrel. Like, yeah, I can understand why people would just want to continue with their lives on their Saturday here. So. I guess the way of me saying like, yeah, I think even Mel Tucker understands why people didn't want to stick around in the second half. And yes, you see the pictures on Twitter, you know, in the fourth quarter uh, it is completely all OSU in the stands because well, yeah, they drove four hours to get up here. Why would they, you know, leave a victory early, but also like it, it, there was a good show out and I think it will continue to be a good show out this upcoming weekend because yes, it's homecoming, but also too, it, it is quote unquote, a winnable game. Michigan State is seven-point underdogs right now, but like, there's a far difference between Ohio State and Wisconsin. I think that if you're going to get one more good crowd, it's going to be this Saturday. So, yeah, I, I I think that it was an interesting thing to bring up with uh, Tucker because, yeah, the end of the game did not look good, but I'm just going to speak up and say, like, hey, at the first two quarters, stadium looked pretty good. And then, well, you look at the scoreboard. Thirty five thirteen, you can understand why people uh you know what? I'm gonna go mulch today. I'm gonna go I'm going to go cut that lawn that I have to. So I don't know. That's
1: There's a point in the take. third quarter. I wanted to be doing some yard work. I still got some stuff to do before <laughs> no, the leaves fall and the snowfalls and everything. But yeah. Look, and you know this, Matt, like this stuff never comes up until unless the team's struggling, right? No, of course. And then it's not, just right? it's just one right. more, you know, it's a little more salt in the wound, it's one more thing yeah. to pile on for people yeah. that just want to talk smack about, you know. It's never the crowd's never a topic of discussion when things are going well um and they don't always pack it up to the brim when things are going well you know it's just it's just one more thing that comes about it's one more way to rib you know your michigan state yeah. fan at the water cooler and everything your neighbor your your uncle whoever um you know it, it yeah. is kind of overplayed and everything um but you know it is what it is i guess uh we'll see what this week looks like i mean look it's going to be pretty pretty empty in there in november i think if things don't yeah. turn around and you know mm-hmm. why would you show up for that but yeah no, i just wanted to point that out it's like it's I think way too much gets made of it probably more than ever. And Mel Tucker made a point today he went through literally every stop uh, in his coaching career, literally every one. um, And said at none of those places, which obviously includes Alabama, Ohio state and Georgia, he's like, at none of these places did I ever expect unconditional fan support. You know, Mm -hmm. he's like, that's just not a real thing. Um, And and I know that there's this idea that, you know, the, the, the blue bloods and the big boys show out no matter what. And that's, Fairly true, but Mostly you, true. Know, yeah. you can go find some pocket. You can go find some times, you know, the Luke Fickle year at Ohio State, pre-saving at Alabama, pre-curt, you know, late uh, uh, late in the uh, – who's the guy that uh, was always going winning eight games? Mark Ricks at Georgia. Late in that yeah. era, you know, you'd yeah. find some pockets there of MTC and everything. So it, it happens, like I said, it only becomes this thing when things are not going well in the field. And people just need something else to talk about, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of something else to talk about, we'll, we'll go back to like talk about what actually happened on the field. But yeah, no, that is like a, a point of conversation, too, not just amongst fans, but clearly at the press conference with Mel today. But uh, Steve, next time we talk to you, uh, it'll be after I talk these people's ears off about Upside. That's right. We're talking the Upside app, folks. This is a game changer, a money saver, because from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it... Really? Hurts? That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out with every purchase I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED, that's it, just LOCKED, and you're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you could earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 rating on the App Store. So what on earth are you waiting for? Start making that cheddar. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED. To get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. And I also got to tuck your ear off about AcrePro Midwest Farm Group. That's right. the greatest in the business. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group are your local farmland specialists. With decades of experience in the Corn Belt Agriculture No one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange, expanding your operation, or selling a row crop farm, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Great service is also just the beginning at AcrePro. They provide unparalleled land data, including soil ratings, elevation, flood zones, and land valuation across parcels so that you get the full picture up front and you can be confident in the entire land market with AcrePro. Your agent will cater to each of your individual needs and help you navigate the complexities of buying and selling land so that the process is made simple. Experience the ease of AcrePro by working with farmland specialists like Kyle Rule, Brady Hammond, Neil Hur, and Kyle Spray. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, that's 765-587-3185, AcrePro Midwest Farm Group. And let's welcome Stephen Brooks back onto the show. But first, hey, just thank you all very much for making Lock on Spartans your first listen every single day. Stephen, you want to buy a farm with me? You know what, like, are you that bored so far this year? Do you just want to get into the farm sales uh, or not? Man,
1: I mean, I'll consider it, I, I guess. I mean, I got... I uh I'm not that handy like uh, uh, inside Same. or outside to be honest Same. you know I'm actually, I'm Perfect. trying to grow some grass right now so uh okay. <laughs> we'll see how that goes and uh I tried to grow some earlier in the summer it, it hit or miss uh okay. so you know I think I'll start there and if I succeed then then maybe we can enter more serious discussions
0: yeah we'll f- figure it out as it goes here uh Steve, so Back to Saturday's game here. Um, you know, I did the post game show, and you know, unlike the the Washington game or the Minnesota game or the Maryland game, I, I didn't come on here all despondent or angry or depressed. I, just because, like, look, that what we saw on Saturday a is Ohio State, a team that might go on to win the national title. Okay, that's first and foremost have to mention that, but it was just. More of the same for Michigan State. It was it can't get off the field on third down, miscommunication in the secondary, no run game, mediocre at best quarterback play. We can't make an extra point for crying out loud. It's like I, I can't be upset at things I'm not surprised at, but I want to pick your brain. Did you learn anything new about Michigan State on Saturday, or is the answer quite simply, no, let's move on? <laughs>
1: Not really. I mean, like, yeah. I, I expected uh, an absolute whooping, and, and that's what it was to me. I mean, two late touchdowns, you know, sure. uh, lipstick on a pig, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Covered the over, seriously. though.
0: Covered the over. So I just want to oh, point that out okay. really quick. Cover the over. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, No, that's good. Go.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, no, that's – I don't think Ohio state could have put up 50 or 60 points and they put up like 77 on somebody. I think this year they could have could have crossed 70, you know, and I don't think the imp- the impact would have been much different, different, like mm-hmm. they're light years ahead of this program right now, but we knew that like, yeah. um, it's these other, it was the preceding games, you know, that were really troubling in terms of like comparable talent levels, teams that you should be situations that you should be able to be successful in. Like, Ohio I would say, I wrote about this, like even, um, even in the summer, like the the biggest slappies I'd hear from, or the most the most Looney Tunes predictions, always had one loss in, right. in terms of their season record, and it was always that game. It was yeah. never anything else. Like yeah. I picked and go eight and four. I don't remember what you had. Most people were like seven, eight, nine wins. A couple people were really high on you know high on high on them and said ten wins. I did yep. see a couple of elevens though, and like it was always that game. So I don't think anybody. You know, I understand the rash, like in the moment, emotional. Uh, you know, knee jerk to it all. And it's like, it sucks. Nobody wants to see your team just get bludgeoned that way. And, and it felt so easy for Ohio state, right? Like kind of, I mean, that's, I guess what I think people wanted to see is just don't make it so easy on them. Like, you know, you're going to get your teeth kicked in, but like, don't make it easy. And they made it easy on them. Like yeah. uh, other than the pick six, I think it's seven other first eight drives. They score touchdowns. on just rolling. It was just a matter of when, when are they going to reach the end zone? Is it going to be a 90 yard drive? Is it going to be a 60 yard pass? You know, like, yeah, Uh, and look, I mean, I think there were some small, small things, uh, that were kind of encouraging. I mean, Chuck Brantley was in good position on two of those touchdowns. He's just, I know, giving up, you know, measurables to Marvin Harrison Jr. He just can't overcome that weight and and height difference. But like, he was right there on a few of them. Um, that's semi positive. Jaden Reed's touchdown catch, I thought, was was pretty impressive. That looked like that looked like the Jaden Reed that we all expected to see, you know, wire to wire this year. Like, that looked like Jaden Reed at his best. Um, beyond that though there's there's just really not a lot uh like I said it just seemed so easy on them like it felt like at any given moment they were going to score and and they you know kind of almost did i mean then that long uh busted coverage to a buco, it was just like you know deflating because even even if i think on the outside we all knew where it was heading you know Chuck gets that pick 6 it's tied you know you're kind of feeling good that gave some juice to the stadium yeah. uh yeah you know there was a there's a small window there where it felt like maybe this can be a game and no you know every time Ohio State yeah. got the ball it was just it was just a parade to the end zone um but yeah so like i wrote about after the game though like that was never going to be the game that was going to tell you much about michigan state we knew that they were very very far behind in one good recruiting class two good recruiting classes maybe even three stacked all up together you know, might not be enough to get you on par with them. Um, yeah. Three is where you really start to have that discussion, obviously, and and then beyond you're, you're hoping to be there. Um, but my column after the game was just like, right, now, you know, that game did nothing, and really the season so far has done nothing to, to deter the long-term arc of what Mel Tucker's trying to build. Uh, he's never yeah. had a roster capable of competing with those guys, and so therefore that's not really a fair expectation. Um, it is fair to expect him to compete. With and, and definitely beat teams like Minnesota, Washington, Maryland. But this is still, you know, in, in everybody has their own opinions of where this program is and where the rebuild is and whether there's year two or, or year, year three, year zero, a right. factor COVID, all that stuff. But, like, until the 2023 recruiting class starts, uh, you know, disintegrating, which has not happened yet, That's there's, there's 10 four-star commitments in there. That would be one more today than – uh, the 2016 class, which was the highest ranked class that Antonio ever signed. Everybody knows what happened there. Um, right now, they have one more four-star than that. And I, I got to believe they're probably going to pick up at least a couple more. If they can keep this all together, then there's no harm done. Look, I get it's mm-hmm. in the moment and temporarily. It can be embarrassing and painful and frustrating. Um, and look, I don't – at this point, I probably would think there will be some staff changes coming through next year. Uh, but, you know, in terms of like the sky is falling and pa- all our panic. Uh, hold off on that until these until the recruiting starts going south because that's what's going to get you to the place to where you know Mel Tucker's salary is justified, to where they can really compete for things, and to where it's going to be really fair uh, to judge him and his staff uh, sort of being on equal footing when they can get a couple classes in here. And it's the year-over-year data is there. You know, there's there's no reason yep. to believe that this is going off the rails yet. Now, if they if they don't win another game this year, <laughs> then maybe we'll have another discussion. Uh, next week, this weekend is obviously very important. And if and again, if those recruits start falling off, but you went from, uh, let me see here, oh, I don't even have it. But I think it was like twenty sixth, the twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two recruiting class was this year's true freshman, yep. like twenty six nationally, twenty four something. Uh, this next year is already trending to be top twenty. You know, with all those four stars I mentioned, twenty four, they already have two four stars who are both top two hundred kids. So every class is getting better. It's just like, it does take time here. And I know that's, that's a tough answer and tough thing to digest in the moment, but uh, I I see no reason for, for big picture concerns uh, until, until the A, the recruiting drops off or B, if, if you start feeling like uh, Tucker's not seeing sort of some of the same things that everybody's seen in terms of scheme or staff or whatever, if it seems like no changes are being made after the season um, it just, nothing's being adjusted, then maybe you can start to have some concerns, but as bad as that was, uh, you know the whole the whole arc's in pro- in- intact for now. I yeah.
0: think. and that was a great column too. I read it right before we hopped onto this call at twenty four seven Sports. I believe that was the VIP subscription too, which is still worth every dollar. So go to you know twenty four seven Sports, sign up if you already haven't. Right now, see all the great work Stephen Brooks, Justin Thin, Corey Robinson, the whole gang at twenty four seven Sports is hooking it up. Thank and you for that. Uh, You know what you you briefly mentioned uh, staffing changes. I want to pick your brain about that in a hot second. And of course, if you think I'm letting you get off this call without talking about Peyton Thorne versus Noah Kim. You're out of your mind, Stephen, but no, uh, we'll hit that. You know, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to let you stew on that as I talk to the fine people about our friends over at Nissan. That's right. They have brought over a new segment for us, and it's a quick segment. We're talking about thrilling moments because, hey, if you want to thrill, hop behind the wheel of a Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Spartans weekend game. That's right. We're going to do our best here. Um, So, this week's thrilling moment from the Spartans game over the weekend was, look, it's got to be Chuck Brantley's pick six, right? We have been yearning. We have been thirsty, starving for an interception, and I swear that looked like a mirage in the middle of a desert. C.J. Stroud, the guy who's probably going to be winning the Heisman this year, Throwing a ball directly to Chuck Brantley, who leads a defense that has not had an interception at all this year, catches the ball, waltzes into the end zone. Spartan Stadium, still full at this point, was absolutely positively buzzing. We will not talk about what happened the rest of the game because, well, we're talking about the thrilling moments. And my my golly, gee willikers, was that thrilling or what? This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. All right, let's shut this thing down with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports here. Yesterday, I was talking about the quote that Mel gave after the game, of course, because he was asked about, you know, are you going to do any staffing changes or anything dramatic like that? And he said, I'm not thinking of making staffing changes at all. Of course, he's kind of got to answer that. Then, like, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, like, hold on. Are are we getting to a spot where maybe Hazleton won't get asked to leave after the season? Like, has it been proven this much that on the field the talent isn't even there and that's going to give Scotty Hazleton an out because I went from like 90% he's gone at the end of the year to like I don't know 60 or 65% that he's gone at the end of the year I need to know a rational person's point of view on this with you Stephen do you still think most likely Hazleton is going to be the the fall guy here or are you reading this quote and hearing Mel talk and thinking like hey maybe Hazleton is going to get another Mulligan next year too
1: I, I, you know, gun to my head, I think he's probably out after this okay. year, but look, I mean, we're only halfway through the season. There is opportunity for him to turn this around and put something together. And, and, and you know, frankly, inspire faith uh, from Mel Tucker yeah. to keep him around. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't think that decision has been made, of course, and I don't think that'd be wise to, you know I'm saying? Like, Oh, he's, you know, you got to keep an open mind and try to work through this and, and see what you come up with. Um, I'm, I'm sure maybe Mel Tucker's leaning in a certain direction or has some you know, ideas. Yeah, you, know, you can't mm-hmm. just completely block that out. But uh, I, I think it's unwise to just make that decision now. Um, you know, even if you were going to wait and actually do it later, like I think you have got to be open-minded about that. Uh, and I don't know how he weighs like the injuries, because I mean, let's be honest, they are. You can you, we can debate about how good they were at their best, and yeah, you know, I, right. I think that's a that's a reasonable debate now. But like Darius Snow, potentially maybe your best linebacker, definitely a unique linebacker, a unique asset in the middle of that yeah. defense that could do different things for you. Um, and, and fix other problems for you. Xavier Henderson, your top leader, your most experienced player, sure tackler type of guy, um, gets everybody lined up. Haven't had him since the first half of week one. Jacob Slade's the cornerstone of the D line. Now they're out without their two best ends on the other side, opposite Jacoby Winman. So I don't know how much Mel would, would will or, or has factored all that in. You know, I mean, when you're playing uh, Justin White and Kendall Brooks as your starting safeties, two guys who started their careers at Division Two um right. and look they're they, they're they're solid players they've both done some things i think kendall brooks has been pretty good for the most part justin white's mm-hmm. had some flashes you know over his time here i don't know if he's a if he's an every down solution necessarily but he, he, he's held his own at times and whatnot so um I, I don't know how much he weighs that i i do think that probably though i mean uh i, I am leaning toward hazelton probably being let go at this point like i said there's time to let it go i mean his comments that day um and today, I think you know, play off of each other. Like he's never gonna, he's never gonna just air the dirty laundry at a press conference, um, right? You know, and be like, yeah, this guy's really blowing it. You know, like I, uh, I we'll see if he's here on Monday, folks. You know, like he's not <laughs> gonna do that. Um, but I think today was sort of, um, I'm sure you heard about that. I'm sure that was mentioned to him over the weekend. Uh, you know, or just he caught wind of sort of the reaction to those comments and everything. Yeah, and I think today's comments sort of. Uh, were a callback to that in the sense of like, look, that doesn't mean I'm happy with this or that doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything. Totally. It just doesn't mean I'm going to do this all in the, in the court of public opinion with all of you guys. You know, when he says uh, I'm not going to throw him under the bus publicly, I think that was him sort of, you know, wink, winking that like, I'm not blind here folks to see that there's problems (laughs) and I'm not unwilling to make staff changes. Um, if necessary, it's just that I don't think he was going to, I don't think he's ever going to do that. Um, Publicly, and you know, I think that I think the free press. Somebody wrote about, made a, a good connection about like um, when he was a defensive coordinator who was struggling in the NFL, and his head coach is standing by him and everything. And sure. uh, I, I think I'm sure that all plays into this. You know, he doesn't want to be. He, he's been in that position, you know, so he knows he doesn't want to be. He doesn't, doesn't want to hang people out to dry and uh, make them the scapegoat and, and point all the arrows their way. They're taking enough arrows, you know, Scotty is right, right. now and others. So uh, yeah, I, I would still think though, probably something's going to change. But um, guess we'll have to. Like I said, I mean, there's still there's still time too.
0: Speaking of change, Stephen, I, I don't know if you've heard any of that. You probably haven't heard any of this actually from the fan base. Uh, people wanting Noah Kim to start over Peyton Thorne. Very very quiet argument being uh, blazed up on the internet right now. But uh, hey, I I gotta ask you. Mel Tucker gives you a call Friday night. And says Stephen, I'm in a pinch right now. I don't know who to start at quarterback tomorrow against Wisconsin. Who are you telling Mel Tucker to start under center? This Saturday, 4 p.m. on Fox against Wisconsin. Give it to us.
1: Same guy, yeah. I mean, look, I, okay. I get everyone's fascinated with Noah Kim, and maybe we do need to see a little more of him, but, like, mm-hmm. we've seen so little of this guy. And those coaches see him every day. You know, yeah. that whole 100-man roster sees him every day. Like, yeah. uh, there would have to be a, there'd be a bigger groundswell, I think, internally, you know, for some sort of change or at least an opportunity for Noah Kim, you know, if, if he was really... Uh, just dealing behind the scenes, you know? And look, when when do we see him in there? For one play at a time when, when thornham has been getting evaluated or late in these blowouts where, look, it's just human nature. I don't care how good you are, how motivated you are. Like, you're going to let your guard down a little bit. The calls aren't going to be as aggressive. The defenses aren't going to be as exotic or diverse or disguised as well, you know? Yeah. And, and that's even if you're playing the top personnel, you know? Now you start bringing in the second and third team guys or a freshman who's never played before, this and that. You know, it's just not the same situation then going out there in the first quarter, zero-zero game, uh, and the other, def- you know, the defense is foaming at the mouth, ready to get after it. You know, you're playing them when they've got their feet kicked up a little bit. So I continue to go back to that. Um, who would I start? I mean, I, I guess I would still go Thorn, like I said. But if there's going to be a change, like it's it can't just be a short-term deal. You got to think long-term, and like who, mm-hmm. you know. And so you enter Caden Hauser into the discussion. I think, like in terms of who do we trust can maybe be this guy be the guy for a while who has the highest ceiling that we just maybe need to get him get him going down that path a little bit um maybe that's Noah Kim maybe that's Kaden Hauser I don't know but it wouldn't just be like a patch this up to the end of the year type of thing or, or something like that to me it would have to be a, a, a next year a 2023 and maybe even beyond type of decision uh if you were gonna mm-hmm. make a move on Peyton Thorne because you just it's got to be somebody um that you believe can raise the ceiling of that position moving forward, maybe it's not immediate, maybe it's not at any point this year at all, but you trust and believe and from what you've seen and evaluated that that guy can um can be your guy you know long term down the line and so like I said, just get him going down that path then and you know i I might write something about this. I think it's a weird it's almost like this schedule is so um unfortunate you know for for the way this seasons played out. Like if if Michigan had been – let's say Michigan was this week and then a bye week and then Wisconsin, like that would be ideal because you just – normally in that bye week, the way things have gone, I think you could maybe sit down and have some tough discussions, maybe make some changes like, say, young offensive linemen, like maybe quarterback, Mm -hmm. uh, like maybe some young defensive backs, maybe sort of hit some reset buttons. Um, But doing that bye week before Michigan, you know, and trusting some new guys to go out there and handle business in that game – with as i've mentioned to you and other places with a michigan team that i think is going to be jacked up to play this michigan yeah. state team that's not going to be a good situation either so this the, the schedule is really unfortunate because i think in under circ- other circumstances if you could get that michigan game out of the way go into a bye week then you'd sort of have the runway to to do some tinkering and maybe do some reevaluation some second looks uh different things and then move forward from there and just sort of let the season play out how it will but the way things stack up, you really can't do that until November. And now you might be looking at November as a must-win month. And yep. I don't know if that's the right move at that point either. So tricky stuff, man.
0: It is. It is. And like just like you said, I let's say, hey, things go south this weekend, right? I, I don't know if, hey, Noah Kim, your first start is going to be – uh, in this coliseum, so to speak, and they are going to be looking to murder you uh, because, hey, newsflash: Michigan fans are really pissed off at the last two years. Uh, if you don't believe yeah. me, go on StubHub and look how much tickets are going for in that game. They can say up and down; they don't care about this game as much as they want. No, this is a Super Bowl for them, so to speak. They want to see someone get sacrificed uh, at the fifty-yard line in their stadium. I don't know if that's necessarily the friendliest spot for a quarterback change. And I don't know if it's this weekend either, where you're still hanging on to your season by a little bit. You really need to right. win this game. So I Champaign, Illinois, I guess is the best time to do it.
1: So and if you're Mel Tucker at yeah. Michigan State, you cannot look like you're not throwing your best punch at Michigan. Like if you do all those yeah. young guys and make some swaps and yep. you know send some older guys to the bench and sort of hit reset. As I said, you cannot look like you're like you're um, you know, starting fresh against Michigan. You have to right. save that until after. So it's only it would have been best. You can do that against Ohio State because, like I said, nobody nobody expects you to beat them. Um, and you he say, hey, hey, guys, go out there, take your lumps, and you'll be better for this. If Michigan and Ohio State were swapped on the schedule, then I would I would say right now, like, do it. You know, go all in on some young guys maybe yeah. and just sort of see where it goes. But as Michigan State, as Mel Tucker in year two, you're two and 2-0, oh, like, against them, you, you cannot look like you're not giving your best shot against Ohio State. And, look, it is, as bad as it might be, your best shot is Peyton Thorne. It is those fifth,
0: I know. fourth, fifth, sixth-year
1: offensive linemen and everything right now. Um, so that that's that's another tricky part of it as well.
0: Yeah, well, here we are. So uh, all we can do is just put on a brave face, a brave face, smile, and uh, just wait for next week when Stephen Brooks is back on the show here, Locked on Spartans. Uh, we will be back throughout the week. Look, we're going to be doing a crossover episode with Locked on Badgers, which, look, I, it's going to go better than last week's crossover episode. I probably shouldn't say that as a company man, but, like, got some angry people after that one because it didn't <laughs> – not the friendliest conversation. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out uh, on two, or, uh, Thursday with Lockdown Batters. It'll, it'll go better this time around. Um, but hey, in between all that, if there's any news to break, we'll talk about it here. Until then, uh, keep it tuned. Lockdown Spartans or 24-7 Sports. Steven, thanks a ton for your generosity, your time. You're the best.
1: Of course. I'll talk to you next week, man. Have a good week.
0: Bang, let's do it. Everyone else, have a great rest of the week. Love you all. Go Green.